helped by God. Helped by God. We're going to take our sermon from Second Kings chapter number seven. Second Kings chapter number seven. Second Kings chapter number seven. We're going to read the entire Second Kings chapter seven, and the Lord will be our strength. Amen. Second Kings chapter number seven. I read. Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then the Lord, on whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in the heavens, might this thing be. God is about to help you to the extent that people will ask that even if God himself was to step in, could that be the end result? God is about to do a miracle in your life to the extent that men who lean upon king's hands, who have seen wealth, will have to question the kind of wealth you have attained again. God is about to touch you in a particular manner and in a particular way that people would wonder. People will wonder, can this thing be? Say amen. The Bible says that, and he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. Verse 3. And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? Why sit we here until we die? Remember that these are leprous men. These are men with leprosy. Leprosy is a foul disease. Leprosy is a nasty disease. Leprosy is a disease that men don't want to touch that leprosy is a disease that men don't want to touch men don't want to be around people who are leprous men don't want to be around people who are touched by the disease called leprosy so the bible is telling us over here that these people okay these people the bible is telling us over here that these people had leprosy they had leprosy then they asked themselves why sit we here until we die verse 4 if we say we will enter into the city and the famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we will die also. Now therefore come, let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. Sometimes in life and in destiny, you have to be willing enough to die. Mm. I, I, I hope you can hear me clearly here because you need to get this and you need to understand me. I hope you can hear me clearly here. Perfect. You need to get this and you need to understand this. That until you are ready to risk, that until you are ready to risk death, you are not ready to enjoy life. They said that if we continue to sit here, we will die. Therefore, we have to pursue our destiny. And even if our destiny kills us, it will be better than we sitting here. Sometimes the things you are scared of, you have to tackle it head on. There's no way around it. There's no way around it. There's no dodging it. There's no beating about the bush. You have to tackle things head on. And they rose up in the twilight to go onto the camp of the Syrians, to go onto the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syrian, behold, there was no man there. This is my favorite part. For the Lord. Somebody tell your neighbor, for the Lord. It says in verse 6 that, it says in verse 6, that for the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. 
Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the uttermost parts of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink, and carried thence silver and gold and raiment, and went and hid it, and came again and entered into another tent, and carried thence also, and went and hid it. Then they said one to another, We do not well this day. We do not well. This day is a day of good tidings. Your day of good tidings is near. Your day of good tidings is near. And we hold our peace. If we tarry till morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come, that we may go and tell the king's household. So they came and called unto the porter of the city, and they told them, saying, We came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no man there, neither voice of a man, but horses tied, mm, and asses tied, and the tents as they were. It's called a prepared blessing. What they are describing here is what we call a prepared blessing, where they did no work to tie the horses. They did no work to tie the donkey. They did no work to set up the tents, but when they got there, I speak over your life that there is coming a season in your life that when you get there, your blessing will already be prepared. Say amen. He says that, he says that, and he called the porters and they were told it at the king's house within. And the king arose in the night and said unto his servants, I will now show you, I will now show you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we be hungry, therefore they have gone out of the camp and hid themselves in the fields, saying, When they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into the city. And one of his servants answered and said, Let some take, I pray thee, five of the horses that remain, which are left in the city. Behold, they are as all the multitude of Israel that are left in it. Behold, I say, they are even as all the multitude of Israel that are consumed. Let us send and see. They took therefore two chariots horses, and the king sent after the host of the Syrians, saying, Go and see. And they went after them unto Jordan, and lo, all the way was full of garments and vessels, which the Syrians had cast away in their haste. And the messenger returned and told the king, and the people went out and spoiled the tents of the Syrians. They spoiled the tents of the Syrians. Mm. So a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. And the king appointed the Lord on whose hand he leaned to have charge of the gate. And the people trod upon him in the gate, and he died as the man of God had said. Who spake when the king came down to him, and it came to pass as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, Two measures of barley for a shekel, and a measure of fine flour for a shekel, shall be tomorrow about this time in the gate of Samaria. And the Lord answered and said, The man of God, and said, Now behold, if the Lord should make windows in heaven, might such a thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. And so it fell out unto him, for the people trod upon him in the gate, and he died. Amen. Awesome. What a scripture. What a scripture. What a scripture. We're going to be taking it bit by bit, piece by piece. We're going to deal with Helped by God. In this passage, in this scripture, in this miracle of a chapter in the Bible, what we see presented before us is God going to the backside of the desert, picking men who are ignored by all manner of people and causing them to be helped by his hand. Take me to 2 Kings chapter 7, verses 1 through to 3. We are going to be breaking it down. And I'll be ministering to you from these things. And we'd pray 
because I want to understand, I want to really understand how a leprous man can be leprous one day and the very next day he is the deliverer of the entire nation of Israel. Bible says that the four leprous men were able to raid two tents. They took gold, they took silver, they took raiment, they took drink, they had food. In a season that there was famine, helped by God. Somebody say helped by God. The first thing I want you to understand is that there was the introduction of a prophet. Whenever God is about to work a mighty miracle, he releases a prophet. He does not release just a man of God. He releases a prophet. Somebody asked me why. God releases a prophet because it is by the word of God that mighty miracles take place. God releases a prophet because it is by the word of God that mighty miracles take place. The prophetic ministry is the ministry that has been given custody of the word of God. They are the sacred protectors of the word of God. So you would realize that what a prophet will teach and a teacher would teach, one will make it look so scary and so ancient, the other will make it look so simple because the prophet has been given the mandate to keep the sacred nature of the scripture. The teacher has been given the mandate to break down the sacred nature of the scripture. Are you understanding what I am saying? So a prophet and a teacher can teach from the same scripture and you'd realize that there will be different ways of interpretation because of their different assignments. Whenever God wants to work a mighty miracle, he releases a prophet. Jesus Christ came upon the earth as a prophet. John the Baptist, a prophet. Whenever God is about to release a dimension, he releases a prophet. Say, release the prophet. So the Bible says that Elisha was this prophet and Elijah prophesied. Go to the next verse for me, please. Elisha prophesied. And then when Elisha prophesied, there was a man mm, who was present and decided to fight the word that had come. Sometimes when God is about to help you, people will speak a word against the help of God. Sometimes, many times, actually, one of the reasons why the things that the Lord wants to do in your life delays is because you allow this word to remain over your life. Mm. Let me hit it again because it seems you didn't get it. When God is about to help you and somebody speaks contrary to the help that God is about to release, if you don't silence them there and then, what you have done is you have allowed the word to linger. The moment you allow the word to linger, it becomes a contention. To the word that God has spoken. God spoke a word to Abraham and said, you and Sarah will produce nations. Then Sarah suggested that Abraham take Hagar. When, Abraham, when Sarah suggested that Abraham should have rebuked her, he did not. He went, he took Hagar. What happened? The seed of that lack of rebuke became what contended with the promise of God. That is Isaac. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? How many times has the Lord spoken a word over your life and somebody has said contrary to the dream that God has given you and you smiled because you felt like one day I'll prove them wrong. No, the reason you smiled was because you were scared that you have revealed your dream and they are laughing at you. How many times have you said something very loud and it has offended mediocre minds and you have been silenced and you stayed silent because you were scared? Mm. The Bible says that the moment this king asked this question, go to the next verse. It says that, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shall not eat thereof. That was Elisha speaking against the word spoken against what he had prophesied. 
you have to have an aggressive attitude when it comes to your destiny and when God is helping you. Don't let anybody attack your destiny. Don't let anybody speak against the vision God has given you. Don't let anybody try and silence the grace that God has put upon your life. Don't let anybody try and hide the gift that God has put upon your life. Don't let anybody try and sit upon the grace that God has put upon your life. If you are hearing me clearly today, you should understand this. The moment you have someone who decides to stand against what God is doing with you, through you, in you, by you, around you, and you don't silence them instantly, they will fester, they will grow, and they will fight. Am I teaching somebody something? Am I teaching somebody how an auntie of yours made a certain comment about your weight and to date it still bugs you? Am I teaching somebody how a cousin of yours made a certain comment about your hair and to date it's still hurting you? And therefore, that's one of the reasons why you never let your natural hair stay. Not because you don't like it, but because they said something and you didn't fight it. Now that thing is fighting you to date. Your natural hair is nice, but you don't think it's nice because your cousin said something when you were young. Ah, come on. Somebody, I know I'm, I'm, know I'm hitting a nail here. Am I might speaking to somebody who was told that you could never be smart and even though you knew that you knew certain answers to certain questions you never answered them correctly because till date it still haunts you you've even stopped trying to study because you realize that it is not useful because they told you you could never be smart am i speaking to somebody that was told that you could never understand math so don't do science am i speaking to somebody that they told you this and that and that and that and that somebody they told you that you can't do medicine you are not smart enough so now you are doing political science not because that's what you want but because they told you you were not smart enough anytime a voice rises against your destiny rise against that voice don't let anybody tell you what you can and can't do did you hear what i said because we are helped by god we are helped by god give me the next verse and there were four leprous men oh boy oh boy oh boy four leprous men 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 for one leprous man is enough disdain one leprous man is enough disgust one leprous man is enough hatred and enough shunning of by culture one leprous man mm, mm, mm. Mm. One leprous man is enough against the status quo. But when God decides to pick four leprous men, what he's saying is that I quadruple their weaknesses. Ah, goodness. I thought somebody was here with me. You see, it's not the issue is not that these leprous men did not have names. No. But the Lord does not want their names to be made known. Because for God, the most interesting thing about these leprous men is the fact that they were leprous. We know that God has the ability to mention names. How do we know this? There were another set of four boys. They called them the Hebrew boy. Four Hebrew boys. Yet he mentioned all their names. Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego. But when it came to these four men, he said their identity is not necessary. What is necessary is their weakness. God is trying to show you that with their weakness, he was still able to perform a miracle. God is trying to show you that even with their weakness, he was still able to perform a miracle. What have you been called? What have they spoken about you? What have they said about you? What have they said about you? The short boy, the dark boy, the silly boy, the skinny boy, the fat girl, the ugly girl? Ha! What nickname have they chosen to give you despite the name that you have been named by? Are you like... I, 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 I find myself 
in these four leprous men, I find myself there. I find myself shunned by society. I find myself pushed aside by society. I find myself put outside the gates by society. I find myself in a place of non-acceptance. I find myself in a place of non-conformity. I do not conform to the ideals of society. Therefore, they have put me outside the gates. I, I, oh I, I am like one of the four leprous men. How many of you can relate with me and you can tell that you are like one of the four leprous men? You are like one of the four leprous men. You don't conform to society. You don't look like what they want you to look like. You don't act like what they want you to act like. You don't think like what they want you to think like. You don't sound like what they want you to sound like. You don't operate like what they want you to operate like. Who else can say that I am like one of the four leprous men? I I am like one of the four leprous men. I am like one of the four leprous men. I am like one of the four leprous men. I am like one of the four leprous men. I am the name of God. Meaning that whenever I find myself in a place that I am like something, God is already present to deal with that thing. I am. Mm. He has been called upon already. When I put an I and an am together, he has already been called upon to deal with the issue that I present before his feet. So therefore, Lord, I am like the four leprous men and already he is present to bring healing to my leprosy, to bring a new structure, to bring a new identity even to my leprosy. I am like the four leprous men. If you are like one of the four leprous men, say I am. My Bible tells me that one of these, these four leprous men, then one of them said to the other, why sit we here until we die? Let me show you his explanation. His explanation is so critical and important. Let me show you his explanation. Next verse, please. He said that if we say we will enter into the city, that is if we say we will conform to the way that they are, already because of their conformity, they are struggling with food. There is famine in the city because they have decided to conform to the ways of the normal world. Some of you here are believers who are conforming believers. Mm. You are conforming believers. When you step into town, you don't want anyone to know that you know how to speak in tongues. You don't want anyone to know that you know how to speak the name of God. You don't want anyone to know that you are a believer who believes right so when you step in town you want to look like a cool kid you want to act like a cool dude you want to you want to let you you want to you want to conform to society you want to act like the boys from your class you want to be a backbench boy you want to be a backbench girl you want to act like them when the girls are laughing about something that your belief and your religion does not allow you to laugh about you join them to laugh because you want to conform to those in the city but mind you those in the city don't have the bread of life they will forever be in famine those in the city will forever be in famine they do not have the bread of life so he says over here that if we enter into the city then there is famine in the city we will die then the next time he speaks and he says that but if we sit here also we will still die he says that but there is one option that its end result is not just death he says that now therefore come and let us fall onto the host of the syrians Aye. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. 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 Ah, but if they save us, we are alive. The four leprous men realized that the only option they had 
was to move forward because when you are moving forward there is still the possibility of death but then there is the possibility of living life my brother my sister my friend my cousin my auntie my uncle that is present in this service i want you to understand that sometimes life will force you to be unable to move backwards and will force you to be unable to stand still and you will be scared to move forward because it looks like forward also has waiting for you on its doors death but i prophesy and i want to bring to your attention that sometimes when you move ahead and you move forward uh, you can still live tell your brother you're going to live you're going to live and so these four leprous men said that this is the predicament that we find ourselves in. There is a high possibility that if we go into the city, we will die, that's for sure. There is also a possibility that if we sit here, we will die, that's also for sure. But then there is a possibility, a slight probability, that if we should go forward and we should go to the Syrians, they may save us and we will live. But then again, we can still die. We choose to move forward. Say, choose to move forward. Give me the next verse, please. And they rose up in the twilight to go on to the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of the Syrians, behold, there was no man. This is how God helps men. When men make the decision to move forward on the path that God has aligned for them, when men make the decision to move forward on the path that God has spoken for them, when men make the decision to move forward on the path that God has selected for them, what happens is that you get there and the land is bare. It has been prepared for you. Somebody say prepared for you. Next verse. For the Lord had made the host for the Lord, for the Lord, for the Lord. Whenever you listen to the things that the Lord has asked you to do, then he comes in and does a for the Lord. Because right now your business is not going well. But then the Lord will ask you to sow a seed into a house of God, into a man of God. And immediately you do that, then it comes and says that the business was not going well, but for the Lord... For the Lord stepped in and did a mighty miracle. The business was not going well, but things turned around. For the Lord stepped in. The marriage was not going well, but things turned around. For the Lord stepped in. The academia was not going well, but things turned around. For the Lord stepped in. Somebody say, for the Lord. Now, may, may my God step into your situation, whatever it may be, whenever it may be, whatever it may be, wherever it may be, whenever it may be, however it may be. May my God step into that situation. May he show his mighty right hand concerning your life, concerning your destiny. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses. How do you make an entire army hear one sound whilst that sound does not exist? He multiplied the sound of the feet of the leprous men. Mm. That's why that message is entitled Helped by God. Because as these men were walking, God began to multiply the sound. Now it sounded like an army to the extent that he said, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians. Do you know what this means? It means that the people could discern that the Israelites had received help. They simply didn't know that the help they had received was the help of God. I prophesy over your life that may you receive help that men cannot trace, men cannot trace to any other man but to your God. May you receive a type of help, ah, a type of help, a type of help, a type of help.
Next verse, please. We are wrapping up and we're going to pray soon. Next verse, please. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their asses and their horses, even as the camp was, and fled for their life. Can you imagine an entire army running away from four leprous men, four weak men, four ugly men, four hurt men, four broken men, four useless men, four short men, four men who did not count in society, four men who did not count. When there was time to vote, they don't get to vote. They were like slaves, but even worse, because slaves earned their meat, but these men could not earn anything. They were rejected, dejected, abandoned. Where were their family? Their family had let them be. Where were their spouses? Their spouses had rejected them. Leprosy had become their new identity. These men could not find work. These men could not find help. These men could not find the grace of God anywhere. But one day the Lord stepped in. May your story change with for the Lord. May the Lord step in and perform a mighty miracle by his power in the name of Jesus. Next verse. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink, carried the gold, carried the silver. When you are helped by God, he does something that I want to call a prepared blessing. We're going to wrap up soon and we're going to pray. He does something that I like to call a prepared blessing. The Lord prepares a blessing and leaves it in the path that he has designated that you use. So these men discerned that the only way that they could go forward was to move forward. So they went. God had prepared. Sometimes the way that you know you are on the right path is that when you get there, things will be ready for you. Mm. Wow. Can I, can I hit that again? Sometimes the way that you know that you are on the right path is when you get there, things will be ready for you. When they got there, the tents were already empty. They didn't have to do anything. When they got there, the gold and the silver was already present. They didn't have to do anything. When they got there, the donkeys and the horses were already tied up and ready. They didn't have to do anything. Man of God, woman of God, son of God, daughter of God, I came here with a word from the Lord for you. That you are going to get into your place of prepared blessing. Where you wouldn't have to do anything but to enjoy. You wouldn't cook the food. You wouldn't prepare the drink. You would enjoy. I decree over your life that in this day, May the Lord step in and cause you to enjoy. Cause you to enjoy. Ah, ah. I hear the voice of the Lord come to me and say, The season of labor is over. The season of fruitless labor is over. The season, the season of fruitless labor is over. In the name of Jesus. You will enjoy. Next verse, please. We're wrapping up. Next verse. Then they said one to another, we do not well. This day is a day of good tidings and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come that we may go and tell the king's household. Next verse. So they came and called unto the porter of the city. We are going to end here. And they said, then they told him, saying, We came to the camp of the Syrians and behold, there was no man there, neither voice of a man, but horses tied and asses tied and tents as they were. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the ability of God to help a man. The ability of God to help a man. God helped these four leprous men. What makes you think you are beyond his help? What makes you think you are beyond his aid? What makes you think you are beyond his grasp? What makes you think you are beyond his assistance? What makes you think you are beyond... Ah, his hand is not short. His hand is not short. His hand is not short. Is it not interesting that Peter was walking on water 
And Jesus was also walking on water. Jesus was walking on water at a place where they could not recognize him. We know that they could not recognize him because they asked who was it. They were wondering if it was a ghost. Jesus said, it is I. Then Peter said, Lord, if it truly is you, bid me to come. And Peter started walking on the water as well. The Bible says when Peter stopped looking upon Jesus, he began to sink. Meaning Peter was still trying to walk to Jesus and started to sink. Meaning Jesus was nowhere near Peter as at the time Peter started to sink. The question is, how did Jesus catch Peter and prevent him from sinking? Did anybody hear my logic? How did Jesus catch Peter and prevent him from sinking? His hand is not too short. I believe the miracle that Jesus performed there moves beyond Peter walking on water. It also moves to the state of Jesus Christ stretching his arm long enough to grab Peter and pull him out of the water. Because if he was close to Peter, there would be no need for Peter to start sinking. Jesus would have held him already. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? The same way he was able to grab Peter and prevent Peter from sinking, that's the same way he will grab you and prevent you from sinking. Not only will he prevent you from sinking, but he will cause you to triumph. He will cause you to triumph. Ladies and gentlemen, I didn't come to bring a long word of exhortation, but I came that we may pray. Came that we may pray. That the arm of God will help us. That the arm of God will help us. That the arm of God will help us.